You are listening to Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast with host Maria Nadipov, helping step parents transform family chaos into meaningful and harmonious co parenting. Hello, step parents, and welcome. I am delighted to have you join me today because. I had the special privilege of interviewing the fabulous Dr. Patricia Papernow, who is the world's leading expert in step parenting and blended family dynamics. Today's episode will be part two of my interview with her. I'm so excited to have you join me. Without further ado, here we go. Hi, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We are here with the fantastic Dr. Patricia Papernow. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Dr. Paper now is an internationally recognized expert on step families. She integrates a deep understanding of the research with four decades of clinical practice and a wide variety of clinical modalities, including psychoeducational, systemic, and trauma-informed. The recipient of the award for distinguished contribution to family psychology from the APA Couple and Family Division, Dr. Papernow is the author of one of the classic books in the field, Surviving and Thriving in Step Family Relationships, What Works and What Doesn't, and with Karen Bonnell, The Step Family Handbook, From Dating to Getting Serious to Forming a Blended Family, as well as dozens of articles and book chapters. Dr. Papernow is a psychologist in private practice in Hudson, Mass and director of the Institute for Step Family Education. We are so excited to speak with you. Clearly, (laughs) without a doubt, you are an expert in this field. And it's such a pleasure to get to pick your brain and have you share your wisdom with us to delve into some of the primary core challenging aspects to name and also (laughs) to, to consider handling during the journey towards blending the family Mm -hmm. and the various members coming together. I would love for you to speak more to the piece about how to navigate that successfully for families, particularly around the not physically present other parent, and specifically with regard to the children. If you could, if you could speak a little bit to like the critical things to absolutely not do. Well, the first thing is that usually adult couples have to slow way down. It's hard to do when you're in love. It's hard to do. So um, the Step Family Handbook, which is the latest book, uh, the subtitle is From Dating to Getting Serious to Becoming a Blended Family, does a really good job of laying out step by step by step. And if you can keep it more step by step. It really helps. And if you can avoid all of a sudden announcing that there's this new person in in your lives, kids, and she or he is moving in and we're getting married, it's too much for kids. Kids need to meet the person. They may need to have the person come over and then go home. They may need to meet the person in a place like community picnic where it's not so intense and they can come and go. And kids need their parents to stay connected to kids when the new partner is present. Now, that's hard for the new partner if she or he doesn't have kids. Um, But kids are going to have a much easier time if they feel like their parent remains connected to them. And the other thing that I say to couples is keep that physical expression low. Enjoy each other behind closed doors. I mean, it's one of the gifts of good relationships. 
for kids, what adults often say is I want them to see a positive, loving relationship. Well, that's lovely for you, but it doesn't actually land that way for kids. It intensifies losses. It often intensifies their loyalty binds and it's too much change. So keep the physicality low in front of kids. Take time a step at a time. And if you have an ex-spouse who is having a really hard time, some of the kids are probably going to be in a deep loyalty bind. Have an ex-spouse who's bad-mouthing, who's saying to the kid, this is a terrible thing, either outwardly or is falling apart in some way. That child, the child whose, whose other parent is upset, is going to be in a deeper loyalty bind. And that child may need more time than a child whose other parent is fairly supportive. Yeah, what kind of advice could you give or concrete steps that are critical for families to do in that situation? Certainly, it's always best to keep the adult stuff separate and then the things around children separate and considering that this is really challenging for them and very confusing and they're still oftentimes young enough that they don't have those advanced skills that we might have from all of our experience to be able to deal with these kinds of situations because up until then, they're only frame of reference for what a family is, was their core family. So uh, certainly that can be extremely painful and challenging for them. But I'm curious, what can the other parent do to help mitigate that and to help them in the process of understanding that it's not so much a loss of the other parent? You mean a loss of the ex-spouse or a loss of me as your parent when I'm recovering? recoupling, which, which loss are you talking about? I'm hoping that the other parent would be able to help the child recognize that yes, things have changed, but they're not losing the other parent that isn't physically there. The first thing is actually, rather than talk kids out of where they are, by trying to get where they are. Oh, it can be, it's, it can be a lot of feelings when a mom or a dad finds a new partner. And um, sometimes that let's say it's a dad who recouples. Sometimes that's hard for moms when dads recouple and she'll be okay. If you know mom is bad mouthing and you're a dad or stepmom, you can say to a kid, I know it's hard for mom. I know she says some bad things sometimes that must put you in a bind to help the kid rather than pull the other way. Dad, she says, I'm bad. The child hold where she or he is that's called a loyalty bind. When one parent gets upset with the other parent, that's hard for kids. It's hard for you. So what I'm hearing you say is really helping them to name exactly what's going on and really having the empathy and compassion and language and just sort of holding space for them to really feel their feelings. And I've also heard from what you were describing a few moments ago, that really the key is to tune in. Where is the child at? And you can make guesses, just check them out. You know what happens for a lot of kids? A lot of kids, when mom or dad finds a new partner, they feel kind of left or lost, you know, lonely. Is that right for you? Or a lot of kids, if one parent finds a new partner, the other parent gets upset. And then they feel it's called a loyalty bind. They feel kind of torn. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Give kids a chance to say. 
Yeah, just inviting lots of conversation for them to mm-hmm. be able to express. And, and feel what's safe. the hardest thing about that? What's the easiest mom and dad doing that's make it harder? What could mm-hmm. mom do that makes it easier? Would yeah. you like us to do more of or less of? To give kids a voice. And if kids don't have answers, give them multiple choices. And we, they, they, you have to think up the multiple choice. Right. You know, be better if we talked more about this we talk less about this we have talked about the same there's better better ones than that i love that approach i often encourage that with clients also and it i've been bites and models for the child how they can start to think about this and what they can share even if the concrete details can be challenging or they don't quite have the language for it or even haven't fully identified it for themselves that's fantastic do need to say something about parenting because it's so important. Yes. You asked about what are the, some of the, I call them easy wrong turns, big boo-boos. Mm-hmm. Biggest boo-boo is that a parent expects to step in and share the parenting and share discipline. And it's one of the mistakes that uh, family therapists who don't know about step families make. They say mm-hmm. you've got to be a united front and the parent backs up the step parent. Well, here's the research. The research is parents need to retain the disciplinary role. Mm. Step parents need to, I call it, focus on connection, not correction. Focus on relationship building, not rules. Your job, until or unless children have a trusting, caring relationship with a step parent, parent needs to remain the disciplinarian. And if children are eight and under, oftentimes step parents can move very slowly into being more of the limit setters. Kids mm-hmm. who are older often are never really ready for the step parent to step in. Perfectly healthy step families, the parent remains the disciplinarian. Step parents have input. Right. And I can tell you that step parents all over the world want more limits and boundaries with their stepchildren and parents all over the world want more love and understanding for their kids. I have not met a step couple that doesn't have <laughs> this division. And I want all step couples to know this is normal. Mm-hmm. It's one of you is doing it wrong. Yeah. It does turn out that what we know is the best parenting for children is called authoritative. Mm-hmm. Parenting is both loving, it's responsive, and it sets moderately firm limits that are appropriate and follows through. That's different than authoritarian, which is hard and firm, and I don't care how you feel, do it. And that's different from permissive, oh, honey, whatever you want. It turns out that the easiest pull for step parents is authoritarian parenting because step kids can be irritating. You know, they're not paying any attention to you. They're doing things that, you know, like leaving cocoa spread all over the kitchen, which, you know, when I was a single parent, if my kid was going to make herself cocoa, fine with me if she left a mess. (laughs) She did it herself. For my new partner, that could be very, very irritating. So step parents easily get pulled into authoritarian parenting of step kids. That turns out to be toxic, even in cultures like Japanese culture that accepts and values authoritarian parenting. It is toxic to step-parent, step-child relationships. Parent has to remain the disciplinarian. Often the step-parent can help the parent firm up, but parents are very sensitive. 
parenting. So yeah. here's the skills again. You're going to need a soft startup step parent. If you say you are being a wimp and your kid is a lazy something or other because he never cleans up, I guarantee you, you're going to have a fight. Absolutely. If, if you can say, gee, I know your kids are not used to cleaning up. I love it if I think your kid could start cleaning up after herself when she makes coffee, yeah. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I find that the conversations and with my clients as well that happen, you know, adults are adults and they can have those conversations calmly and politely and kindly and um, empathetically. At least theoretically. <laughs> theoretically. Right. Um, but, you know, but like you said, away from the children without one getting pulled into that role and just sort of start to explore what are some possibilities, what maybe could right. be beneficial to start shifting and how to do it and really share your ideas, but get curious about the other person's ideas and you can arrive collaboratively at what makes the most sense for the situation. And if you can do that, and it does help to know it's mm-hmm almost always are going to want firmer and parents are almost always going to want softer. And that good parenting is actually a combination of both. It does help to know that that's normal because you may not actually agree. Right. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) And the first goal may not be to come to agreement, but to influence each other a little bit. Exactly. Right. It's, it's starting the conversation. I think what you're alluding to is what I call like plant the seed right? Hmm, That's cool. You're moving the needle forward a little bit at a time, because at least you're bringing up the possibility of something else. That's a great idea. I haven't thought about that. That's cool. (laughs) I'm going to borrow that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, please. But that's what I find has happened a lot in my personal experience in both ways. And it's pretty interesting. And I think too, as people, sometimes we just need to, with new ideas, kind of sit with it for a little bit before we can even embrace it. Well put. Change takes time. It's a process, not an event. Absolutely. What's cool about that is once that starts to happen both ways, then it sort of creates that environment that you were alluding to about the curiosity and the the starting to notice, right? And then suddenly you're noticing other things about the kids and what they're doing. And because they're developing at such a rapid age, a lot of the time that in various ways too, right? So it offers that opportunity to tune into those things as well and giving them credit. Sometimes it's easy to say, oh, you know, you're not ready for that or you're just, you're only so such and such an age, but really it's not a linear process always and development isn't exactly <laughs> on target like that. It happens. Right. It happens. So it goes in cycles. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining me for part two of my chat with the amazing Dr. Paper now. Isn't she fabulous, you guys? I know that I got so much value from our conversation. I hope you two are coming away with a ton of nuggets. And I can't wait to share part three of this amazing interview with you guys next week, which is the final part of our interview. I will see you then. Thanks for tuning into Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss a thing. If you like what you hear and you find the information helpful, please rate us five stars and leave a review letting us know what you like about the show on Apple Podcast. Don't know how? Don't worry. We'll include instructions in the show notes. 
And if you know of other step parents who can benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. John Swain did our theme music. Thanks, John. <laughs>